Good afternoon, this is Aaron. And this is Micah, and you're listening to the WP Square One podcast. Uh, today, we have Gary Kovar with us. He is a back-end dev at Modern Tribe. He's located in Florida, is a podcast host himself, and happens to be the most influential developer on Pinterest at this moment. <laughs> nice day. Good one. Good one. <laughs> Awesome, thanks. Real excited to be here. Happy that you all decided to have me. And you are right. I am uh, super stoked about Pinterest. I'm going to Google Pinterest during the course of this podcast to figure out what exactly it is. <laughs> nice, nice. So uh, let's start off. Modern Tribe. I mean, I know what that is, but I don't know if everybody knows who or what that is. Uh, Gary, you want to uh, give us a little information about that? Yeah, I think in the WordPress world, if you're familiar with Modern Tribe, you're probably familiar because of the events calendar pretty popular plugin. Um, I have no idea like usage, usage stats or anything. So that's, that's about half the company. The other half of the company is a traditional um, like agency. Um, you know, we've got about five teams uh, rolling and uh, creating sites all the time for clients and uh, just building neat, cool, fun things. Cool. So do you spend most of your time working on client projects or do you get to work on the products as well? Yeah, so I'm 100% um, on uh, on agency side, working on uh, client products, um, we do a lot with higher ed, um, and then um, re- recently we've been doing quite a bit with um, like big uh, network type sites, multi-site, and or um, just you know large large installs of WordPress for whatever reason. Cool, cool. I got some statistics for you. So I don't know how accurate your pro version or Tribe's pro version is, but looks like the events calendar by Modern Tribe has 600,000 active installs. So I would assume the pro version, you know, is, I would say, what, 10, 20%, something to that effect. I don't know. I know we've purchased the license a lot for different clients. There's your uh, statistic for you. Awesome. I feel like maybe I should have, like, looked up that number before hopping on here. Um but I'm just like I'm the I'm an agency guy. I don't think about things like that. It's okay, Gary. We'll make fun of I feel you. Trapped. Yeah, we're, we're just yeah, gonna don't, make fun of you now. So yeah, if 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 I work with you, skip this part, okay? <laughs> nice. <laughs> <Just> ignore that. <laughs> nice. You guys work with a lot of agencies, and I know, um, Michael, you and I. I remember, was it Reed? I think from Modern Tribe that was the speaker in WordCamp Atlanta, and he talked about the plugin and stuff. And he kind of explained, did you guys start off as an agency and you needed the plugin? And so it just kind of, the plugin was a, a morph or just something that kind of came, I guess, organically. Yeah. That's how I understand it. I'm actually fairly new at Tribe. I've been there for about, um, about a year and, and my exposure to the plugin, it was a pretty mature product by the time I, I yeah. dug into any, any work with it. I actually, years ago, uh, was a uh, also a user of the plugin um, and purchased a license, and along with their ticketing system. And one of the, one of our our devs at Modern Tribe uh, on the agency side is local here in Jacksonville to me. And uh, at a meetup, I was having some issues with the events calendar. I chased him down and said, "Hey, why? Hey, wh- why isn't why isn't this working like like I expected to?" And on and on, uh, he, he politely said, "Maybe you should check the support forums." Uh, I don't know. <laughs> um, and they were they were great at the time. I would assume they're still great. Nice. So what all do you do with the WordCamp community in Jacksonville? I know Mike and I both 
were at work camp Jacksonville and was that 2016 Micah I believe that was the that was the first one I think yeah yeah that was the inaugural one Two years, 2016, yeah, two years ago, we, we've had three in Jacksonville. The first year, I was late to the party. The organizing team was already uh, in place, and I uh, I chased down the lead organizer at WordCamp US. I'd never uh, met him before. I chased him down and said, hey, I'm in Jacksonville. I'd love to help. I've been to one meetup, like anything I can do. And, uh, you know, they had some odds and ends that they needed some volunteers to work on. The last couple of years, I've been uh, been involved with feeding folks at WordCamp Jax. Uh, and that's the thing. I, I, I sort of started out with WordPress. Um, website with my brother-in-law we we built a site um, spotlighting locally owned restaurants and uh, as a result got to know quite a few folks in jacksonville i'm also pretty involved in the local meetup three or four times a year i'll, I'll speak at it generally pretty tech heavy but um but i mean i've, I've also done like uh, here's what a widget is and here's how it works and if you have a theme that has widgets it's, it's surprising sometimes these days understood so what's important here is do you get free food from restaurants sometimes yeah yeah. Okay. So the the it's a fun story. Um, my brother-in-law. So he and I years ago, uh, long before I was doing anything in WordPress, he was a professional poker player, and we started a website um, doing online poker training, and and worked and, and built a site and had a few hundred subscribers out there, and um, it was a it was a good little business for us. Um, we sold that business and uh, kind of you know parted ways, saw each other at family events, and that was about it. Uh, and he called me um, on a Monday and uh, said, "Hey, I was taking my family out to dinner." Um, on Friday night, and I was going to this uh, Greek restaurant I really like in town. And when I showed up with my family, the chef was locking the door. And uh, I said, what's going on, man? It's dinner time. And uh, he was shutting his business down for the last time because he couldn't pay the electric bill and the electric company had shut him off. So Jerry you know, was talking to this restaurant owner, watching watching his dream die, and said, you know, we got to do something to support small businesses. And I think we can do something for restaurants in Jacksonville. So we, we spent a few years doing that. And um, I these days, I'm, I'm more involved with you know just the, the very technical side. We host events uh, a couple times a month and turn out, you know, 100 people or so at, at restaurants for uh, tasting menus and spotlight what they do best and get people excited about food and jacks. Um, so, yeah, sometimes I get sometimes I get fed for free. I actually had no idea that you were involved in that. <laughs> so <laughs> I was not expecting that much of a, uh, a response. I know I had I did a website for one restaurant and I get free food anytime I, I stop by. But so you're actually pretty active in the restaurant scene. Yeah, for sure. You know, it's meeting restaurant owners is, uh, is really interesting. One of them gave me the statistic and I haven't looked it up. I just trust him. Um, the failure rate for restaurants in 10 years is 99%. I believe it. So you gotta be a little bit like, if you look at that number and go, Oh yeah, I still want to do it. It's gotta be a passion, right? It, it kind of parallels. I feel like it parallels the WordPress community a bit. You know, I mean, people get an idea and go, yeah, I mean, I can make something out of this, whether it's a plugin or a service or, um, you know, they can build their their own little cottage industry within WordPress. And it, it's neat uh, and it's fun and it's inspiring to see people, you know, chasing chasing something they're passionate about. Cool. So you also mentioned that you are a podcast host. So tell us a little bit about how that ties in. Yeah, that's a great question. I don't know how it ties into anything. I have I have a podcast with a couple other developers, Chris Reynolds and Allison Tarr, developers I worked with at a, at a previous agency. They're both elsewhere now. Uh, we sort of kept in touch, and I, um, for a while after Chris left the agency I was at, I would bump into his code in certain situations, and on occasion I would be frustrated with a decision he made, and so I would grab the um, GIF of Fry from Futurama, um, mooning um, him, and drop that on Twitter. So I would moon him on Twitter, and at some point we got into an argument about music, all very professionally, of course, on Twitter, 
and Allison suggested that we should have a podcast where someone brings a topic to the table and we spend the podcast um, debating opposite sides. And, and that's not what the show turned out as really because we don't debate each other very well. So Allison still brings the topic. Chris and I have no idea what the topic is until she announces it. And then we spend, you know, about 40 minutes discussing the topic and trying to figure out what it is until the big reveal at the end. Then we realize how silly we actually were. Yeah, it's, it's called uh, Binary Jazz. You can find it at binaryjazz.us or on Twitter at uh, Binary Jazz. Cool. So, yeah, absolutely not related, I guess, <laughs> to anything. It's hosted at WordPress, yeah. There you go. You know, and, and actually, out of it, there's there, we've done a we've done a lot of uh, a lot of silly things with it. We have what we call the genre nader. You can generate musical genres, and we, we kind of seed that with a lot of different prefixes, suffixes, instruments, noise sounds, you know, that sort of thing. And you can hit the endpoint, get a music genre for darn near any occasion. I think we've this, and, and we we put a counter. I think we generated something like five hundred sixty thousand unique genres at this point. Wow, it's a lot. Yeah, you can install it in your Slack team if you need like genres on the fly in Slack. I don't know why you would, but if you did, you know, you could do that. That sort of spawned off this. Um, I, I live a uh, hundred some odd miles north of Kennedy Space Center, so I'm really into you know what's happening uh, with rocket launches, and I was having a hard time like keeping track of when things were launching. So that after I built the Slack integration for the genre, I went, well, I have this like Slack code. I should do something else with it, which which turned into um, a site called um, Ground Control. Um, it's a Slack integration that uh, lets you know upcoming orbital launches of rockets, also using the REST API. So just silly stuff. That's cool, though. So that's a good that's a good use. Um, makes me laugh. My my kids' soccer um, team, and I know total <laughs> total off topic here. It's called uh, Houston. That's the name of the team, and so I make horrible. Uh, jokes of Houston, we have a problem. Um, anytime they're they're playing soccer, um, I know it doesn't really tie in very well, except for the fact that rockets rockets are cool. Well, totally. I I'm speaking at um, WordCamp Orlando, and their theme is um, is space. So my I I only submitted one talk, figuring like you know, I mean, it kind of fits the theme, and I, it's like how I built ground ground control bot dot space. Is the URL. I don't know any other dot space domains, but that one kind of had to make the exception. Right? I'm trying to think of any, and I can't think of any ap- application where you would need a dot space. But hey, that that fits. I think if you were like doing, you know, closet organization. Yeah, clean your dot space. That's fair. <laughs> I need someone empty my garage dot space. If uh, office space had come out later, it could have had the office dot space. Yeah, I wonder what office space would look like if it came out now. There's a lot of stuff in office space now that you know, it seemed really outlandish at the time. And I think that's just normal corporate America rather than a parody. People saw it as a blueprint in some cases, <laughs> which is not normally a good idea. Sadly. Yeah. So, yeah. And of course, like, you know, working remotely, it's easy to go, Oh, corporate America. So mentioning your code. <laughs> so you do, you waste time on some cool stuff like uh, Slack integrations, which I love, which we actually, I mean, who doesn't use Slack and who doesn't use some type of integration, what exactly do you like to work on when it comes to code? I guess I guess it's twofold. Uh, what what do you do? Uh, you know, at at work specifically, and then what what's like what's like your hobby type project? Oh man, my hobby projects are always. I, I feel like it's always like, oh, here's a weird API. Like, let's let's see how this works. I love the things that aren't really well documented, and which I feel kind of parallels a lot of sometimes what I do at work. Right? Um, there's um. You know, most most enterprise clients when they show up, they have they have their their data that they need 
to use, you know, Stored Summer, whether that's, you know, lists of faculty or that's things they're selling, you know, in, in some kind of data structure elsewhere. Uh, you couldn't just like locations. And, and ultimately, like all that stuff needs to be exposed to a user at some point. One of the great things, too, about about like specializing as a back end dev is that I can dive really deep in really deep in PHP and not have to worry so much about, um, you know, the, the, the actual interaction and front end communication. I work with some amazing front end devs um, who are super thoughtful and uh, brilliant people. And um, you know, it makes it easy for me. I can just, I can present an array of data and they can, they can make it look really nice and I don't have to worry about that. So that's not a part I enjoy at all. I really, I really like the, the deep data esoteric boring stuff. I want to root around in the database. That sounds like nice. Fun. So what do you do at, um, I mean, just like work day-to-day stuff at uh, Tribe? Are you, are you working on the plug-in or projects? Yeah, so I'm on the, I'm on the, uh, the project side. Okay. Um, I'm, uh, most days I'm working, um, you know, two or three projects, what I'm assigned to at a time, uh, sometimes more. Um, and it's, you know, it's that balancing act of what, you know, where are we in the, in the sprint? Uh, what, you know, what tickets need to be cleared before the sprint is over? Project managers do a, a really good job there of uh, prioritizing. Sometimes, sometimes Mondays are great because you can dig in and go, okay, I can see my priority for the week, but this is the one I really want to dig into. This ticket's going to be great. And, you know, these other ones, like, I'll, I'll get them this week, but, but they're not as exciting. Fair enough. Cool. So I'm always curious as far as uh, what people's average day looks like from a productivity standpoint. And I know, like, we've talked to some business people, not too many like more hardcore type devs. So I'm always interested in what, uh, what things you do to, to stay productive and, uh, get the most out of your day. Oh, I love that question. Um, I, my, my wife works and we have a six month old. So I, most mornings, um, she takes a little two kids to school and works in the morning. And I spend, um, the first half of my day hanging out six month old and, uh, and stay at home dad. And on occasion I'll show up to, um, like an internal meeting, but generally, I'm just hanging out in the mornings, and my day starts um, at noon. Before I was, before that was the case, I um, I'm very much a morning person. So I would, when the kids left for school, I would uh, I'd hit the computer at 6 a.m. and and get in, you know, 6 a.m. to 10 a.m. You know, knock out four good hours of real good focus. Um, so being home with the baby has, has changed that quite a bit. And I I was I was a bit, well, I was a little worried about that, right? Like, what you know, how's this going to um, impact what I'm able to output in a day? Uh, and I and I'm I'm happy happy that uh, I, I I work with um, so many folks who are uh, just super family oriented and super gracious and letting me figure out my schedule. But yeah, I usually hit the ground running right around noon. Kind of noon is sort of like that kickoff time where I say like, what's what are the like the, the four tickets I want to um, solve or make major headway on today? Four kind of is the number um, for me that like I can juggle in my head what needs to happen as well as like enough pressure so that if I, if I find myself spinning my tires on one ticket, I can go, okay, I need to table this because there's three other tickets that are waiting. So, so, I, so I sort of pick out like the top four that are important and or interesting. And from there it's, it's uh, 45 minutes or so at a throw, noise canceling headphones on head down. Um, I don't have an office at home. I I'm on a laptop. So outside in the porch or sitting on the couch or in the hammock or uh, standing at the counter. Um, I move a lot and it, it's, it's usually about once an hour. I find myself needing to relocate positions. Um, so a little less than hour chunks of code. Give me all around the house all day. And some, some days they get me working at a park next to a lake or 
I don't, I don't see how you would work outside in Jacksonville in the summer. Please tell me you don't do that. I'm actually on this, uh, this call right now. I'm sitting outside on the porch and my thermometer says it's 95 ish. I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. Oh goodness. I guess you get used to it. So I just, Oh man, that's brutal. Here's a fun story. I had a team call previous agency. I was outside and I had gotten used to being on audio calls with this team. And it was warm out and uh, we're on the call talking and I take my shirt off. And about a minute later, <laughs> the lead dev goes, did, did you just take your shirt off? I'm like, what? And had forgotten that I was on camera. And I have, I mean, I have the physique, physique of a back-end developer. I mean, it's, it's a sight to behold, obviously. <laughs> yeah, it kind of became the thing for a little while on that team. Always taking your clothes off during the calls. That's uh... I call the arms. If the code gets tough, take your shirt off and dig in. Lesson learned, I'm much more careful now about when I'm wearing a shirt. Uh, I remember, uh, I think it was Ben Meredith tweeting about how the, uh, the little screen that comes up before you hop on a Google video chat that, mm-hmm. uh, it says join call <laughs> and it shows you the video. He's like, it's like, yeah, that's, that's kept me from hopping on a call, uh, shirtless or <laughs> several times. <laughs> that That's where I decide whether I'm going to a hat for a call. Yeah. Like that screen pops up. I go, Oh yeah, I need a hat today. Right. <laughs> we started, uh, my, my company, we started doing three days out of the week where we have to do video calls because it, when when you're 100 percent remote it's difficult to build a a team you know and some kind of camaraderie and so we started doing video stuff and so uh normally i'll jump on with you know a t-shirt on and stuff but the first one we went to i uh i got a suit and tie on and had the video on i'm like this is how i always dress guys what are you what are you talking about I'm trying to foster a professional environment here. Yeah, exactly. So then I was tempted. So I, I have a tux, which is kind of weird. I was I was tempted to the next call to wear the tux, but I I, I couldn't do it. That that was enough for me for the week wearing uh, a tie for about thirty minutes. It was brutal. That does sound awful. I have a hot dog costume that I've on calls in. Wow, why do you have that? <laughs> I don't have a good answer for that question. <laughs> oh, that's bad. <laughs> You're supposed to have like. I mean, I guess like it was a Halloween. Okay, yeah, good. I don't know. It was a Halloween costume with the kids, but it's definitely been used more outside of Halloween than during. Halloween. All right, well, you need to you need to start that off next time with definitely Halloween. Uh, it's the only reason I yeah. would ever have one of those. So, <laughs> um, Mike, I'm gonna. We got any other questions? Well, yeah. Uh, as far as tools or things that you've discovered that help you with productivity, you know, what what are some surprising things that uh, you didn't think would be helpful, but ended up being helpful. Yeah, I will step back to and say one of the things that I, I, I really enforce is, is right at five o'clock, I'm, I'm done mm-hmm. working. So that only gives me five hours in a day, obviously, that's not a full day. Uh, but that family time, like I think as remote um, workers, it's super important to highlight that, that there needs to be that time where you flip the off switch. So for me, that's 5pm, you know, regardless of whether I started at you know, eight or 10 or 11 or noon, five o'clock, I flip it off. Um, and if once the kids go to bed, if there's still uh, more on my plate, I'll, I'll jump back on. On the tooling side, I I don't know. Um, my terminal is really squirrely, um, so I am always adding like silly heads-up displays to my So I have in my prompt, at the moment, I have a countdown for the next um, watch from Kennedy. I have the weather, um, both high and low for the day and current, uh, including like a little emoji. I guess it would support snow 
emoji, but I'm not sure how that would happen in Jacksonville. No, um, I have, uh, yeah, it, you know, it did snow, um, like flurries, uh, December 24th of a few years ago, I was going to a Jags game, um, and I was trying to determine how I was going to dress and I went out on the back porch and there were flurries and I put on a lot more layers. That's yeah. You had to go buy a jacket, didn't you? I, I mean, I had to blow the dust off of the single jacket. Okay, that's oh, yeah. Put it on over all of my long <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. And then I have, um, I have like news headlines. I have, um, I have a stock ticker. Um, I, I do have a lot of emoji on my prompt. My prompt is like a third of it is, is data before you can type things in. Um, so, so I, I feel like, you know, it's, it's all, um, the heads up stuff, right. Is, is always having it at hand. Like I don't need to go look for it. Oh, I, I guess the other thing I include is like hours that I've clocked today and hours I've clocked in the week. is another bit of information that's in my, my prompt. So I can kind of get an idea of where I am. Um, that's, that's using the toggle API, uh, toggles, uh, Toggle and, and Harvest are the two main clocking services that I've used, and there's a few others out there. Both of those have great APIs to keep track of where you are. Um, I, the other thing that I tend to do a lot is if I'm using, um, I learn the keyboard commands on sites I'm using. So, you know, Gmail and GitHub, and um, we have an internal tracking tool for tasks that I wrote um, a template monkey script for to, to use key commands to toggle through. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it, you know, learning the key commands on the, the sites that I'm using most frequently which obviously Slack integrations do that as well. So what you're saying is that, uh, that you've developed the ultimate tool and we just need to take all the stuff you've built and use it, right? <laughs> no, not at, all. no <laughs> not at all. Because I would hate to have to support it. I, I hate supporting myself, let alone my other user, right? <laughs> like, why, why is this not working? Like, I, it's not 145 degrees outside. What did I do wrong? <laughs> oh, I added the, the Fahrenheit and Celsius together. That's what... <laughs> yeah. Cool. Aaron, you got any particular questions? Well, speaking of productivity and whatnot, it's one of the things that I fought Micah for probably a couple of years is using PHP Storm, you know, as my my editor because I was like, why would I ever need that? Uh, what type of tools do you use daily basis for for dev? Yeah, so I can't imagine um, not working um, like working outside of PHP Storm. I can't imagine uh, it's 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 my left arm. That's, that's, that's where like learning the key commands in your tool are insanely useful. So PHP Storm, um, Xdebug, um, every project I work on, Xdebug is, is the first thing that I, I configure. There's not a lot of configuration that takes place um, unless it's a weird project. But, it, but PHP Storm with Xdebug, I, I feel like that's like the, the bare minimum starting point. Um, so Slack, obviously. Oh, SQL Pro. Yeah. SQL Pro, um, in the visibility in the database. I like to do. I like to work in projects where we're doing migrations. So being able to see you know, direct, directly, you know, what did I, where did I import? Is it what I thought? Um, how do we, how do we eventually reconcile this data so that it's, it's correct? Uh, you know, being able to do that is uh, WPCLI. Um, it's like I, WPCLI. So in in PHP Storm, I don't use the uh, built-in um, terminal uh, because if I did, I wouldn't be able to see anything. It just takes all my all my information takes up too much of the screen, um, but but WPCLI is, I mean, is where I go for um, most things. Sorry, what do you use for local development? So, uh, Docker. Um, we we so th- here's a fun thing. Um, at Modern Tribe, we have our framework um, for new projects is called Square One. And if you're thinking, boy, that sounds familiar, it's because it is the name of this podcast as well. Coincidence. Uh, Interesting. Weird coincidence. Yeah, totally. Yeah, so much so that, like, 
when you were like, hey, do you want to come to this podcast? I'm like, oh, yeah. Um, I ran by my manager. It's like, hey, I'm, I'm going to do this podcast called WP Square One. It's just a weird coincidence, right? Just uh, We're not going to get sued, are uh, we? Because we're just two, yeah. two guys here. So no, I don't. <laughs> I, I can't imagine so, no. Yeah, so Square One is, uh, I, you know, I think a lot of agencies have, have something similar, right? Like a jumping off point for here's our, here's our boilerplate stuff. And stuff is kind of a broad term. You know, what do you need to, what do we generally see on projects? And some of it gets removed. For Square One, I, um, I've written quite a few um, CLI commands to do, you know, the standard stuff you need to spin up in almost all um, custom WordPress uh, sites, right? Like, I'm going to need um, some CPTs. So you can, you know, hit a CLI command and it'll generate the, the class to uh, register um, CPTs or taxonomies or um, meta fields and whatnot. Um, I like I like writing stuff like that because when you look at the code, there's there's the code right that the CLI command executes, and then there's the template, and the template is PHP, but it's not being used as PHP. It's populating with the input from CLI, and um, it's it's code that generates code, and um, there's actually a CLI command that will generate a CLI command, and out of the box when you generate the CLI command, it it doesn't do anything, but it's functional, and you just need to hook in. I don't know how, how utilized it is. I know a few devs use it. I, I definitely uh, definitely lean into that first step of the project. Like, well, you know, all the all the low hanging fruit is done with a couple commands. I'm not in it that much, so I'm following the words that are coming out of your mouth. But <laughs> but <laughs> but uh, you know, I, I'm I'm just I'm not in. I'm more theming type type stuff not that you know cli doesn't interesting to hear different devs doing different different stuff so but i'm sure micah probably uses very similar tools as, as you so yeah the the docker docker i kind of moved to reluctantly i was a huge fan of um of valet for local the cool thing is you know on a mac right you're just running directly on the on the metal um so super quick to to jump in and spin up a, a local site and just start working on it so docker isn't isn't quite as quick on the spin up uh, the flip side though is is it's nice to be able to have um local environments that that match uh match production and staging um so def- definite benefit in docker uh, even though it's not not quite as accessible as valet although it's it seems to be getting there it seems like every day there's still you know fun fun new uh, uh docker images available nice so given where you're at in your career so far, if you had to start over at square one, what would you do differently? I love this question. And I wish I could say that I had a great answer to it. Uh, and I don't. So great show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm fairly new uh, to the WordPress community. I've only, only been a professional dev for a couple of years, and I spent um, a decade prior doing e-commerce. So I, I wish that I had um, started sooner working in WordPress. I mean, I was always sort of using Word, not always, but I've, I've been using WordPress for quite a few years um, on the boundaries. And, you know, really like 2015, um, WordCamp Tampa was my first WordCamp. And, um, you know, I mean, I was, I was kind of blown away by what, what folks were doing with WordPress. I, at that point, I was using it, you know, very much as a, a general CMS with a you know, couple, couple plugins and some real rudimentary stuff that I had written. Uh, and so to see, to see where people in the community have taken it and, how far they'd extended and really kind of sparked my imagination. So my, my regret is I didn't start sooner. I'm super thrilled um, with the community in Jacksonville um, and the Southeast in general. Um, you know, there's, there's a, 
there's quite a few cities with awesome work camps and awesome meetups and Thanks for throwing us in there, you know, being in the Southeast, man. Yeah. But yeah, I, I would agree the starting starting earlier is always the the thing because I, I installed WordPress in 2005. I think it was like version 1.5 or something. And I just blogged for about a year and never did anything. And then, you know, it sat for four years um, and I, ne- I never really dug in. If I had started sooner, obviously, you know, I'd, I'd be further along in, in my career. I do, I do enjoy the, the camaraderie at WordCamps and it, it sort of doesn't matter at a WordCamp, you know, like what, what, what your, what your day job is, right? If you're, if you, if you're, if the presenter is doing something cool, like everyone's, everyone's interested. And if someone has like a unique idea, right, there's, there's that, that dialogue and refining of, of ideas and that I, I, that's super important, I think, to keep the momentum that WordPress has. So, so you don't have any like questions about Gutenberg, huh? This was like a WordPress podcast. Yeah. I, I'm I'm over it. Really? So uh, I I'm just kidding. Have you rolled out to clients? <laughs> I just I just wanted to answer the question real quick. Okay. Uh, I don't have any Gutenberg questions. Um, I'm actually forking WordPress because of it. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. So uh, Micah will have uh, Gutenberg questions probably. Yeah. Do you use it? <laughs> I do. Yeah. So actually, we we use it exclusively on the podcast uh, site. Um, and we have since day one. Um, when we started the podcast, Gutenberg was not quite as polished. Um, but I, I mean, it was just like a drink the Kool Aid kind of thing, you know. Since we're all on that podcast, Finder uh, Jazz, we're all WordPress devs, so um, we may as well figure it out, right? Yep. Sure. I don't know. I'm more impressed with the amount of conversation that has gone into it than than Gutenberg. I mean, I'm, it's going to change the way we do a few things, but I don't think it's going to be disastrous. That's my thinking. Is so. In the Atlanta area, there's eight to ten meetups, uh, WordPress meetups, and we we had talks about it. You know, what is it going to do? You know, what does everybody think? And ever since the beginning, I've always thought it's not going to break anything. I'm like, and if it does, it's probably it probably should have been broken because it probably wasn't done right in, at the beginning anyway. When WordPress exists and it's millions and millions of websites using WordPress. They can't, they can't break it. I mean, not so badly where you can't, you know, recover easily. So I just, you know, the, the hype to me is kind of over. I'm not stressed. I've installed it on a couple of my sites. I, I don't have any, I don't have any issues to me. It's just, it's a natural progression that probably should have happened a lot sooner. And that's fair. I mean, it's, it's a big change. And, and yeah, I think the folks that are concerned from the user perspective are concerned that it's going to be a, a major change. But ultimately, it's going to be what it's going to be. Micah, what are your thoughts on it? Well, I'm a fan of it. I actually uh, wrote two page builders before Gutenberg came about. And just kind of the direction and the vision that I was thinking our page builders would go is I can see Gutenberg starting to at least head down that path. So I think it's a good direction. I think there's a lot of potential uh, in the future. I think, uh, yeah, the key now is just to stabilize it and get it into core, then see what awesome things people will do with it. I think, unfortunately, because of all of the uh, the deadlines that have come and gone, <laughs> uh, people don't believe it when they say that it's coming soon uh, at this point. 
So uh, I think ultimately when it does come out is when most people are going to get on board and actually do something with it. Um, but I think too many people at the moment are thinking it's not stable enough to start learning. And so they're just delaying the inevitable. Yeah. I, yeah, that's probably fair. I think too, that there's, there are some, there are some real concerns from, from agencies on the, you know, we built this, this crazy custom editing experience and in its current form, we, when we install it, it breaks that. And I, you know, and it, it may break it in a non-recoverable way. Right. And I get that concern, right. That's valid on the same token. Um, I mean, it's not like it's sneaking up. We've known it's coming. It's, it hasn't been, it's not like it's hiding in the bush. It's going to be here tomorrow. Like it's, it's come with some fanfare. So I don't, I don't know that any, any surprise is, uh, <laughs> is a valid uh, reaction to it. Well, they're not, they're not forcing you to use it either. I mean, you can, it, it's not like they're, there's no way to get around, around it. So I just, I don't think it's going to be that big a deal. And I, does WordPress ever, deprecate any functions i mean i i know they do um but i think it'll be the old way will be there for a long time and you know after a few years i would think that you're gonna your interface that you built your custom interface is going to be antiquated anyway um so give it a few years and i think all of the the headaches won't really they won't be a problem anymore but that's just me you know, I also think like as a, as a plugin dev, um, if you're in a situation where you go, oh, I need, you know, I, like I have to plan for this thing. You know, if I, if I have a successful plugin business and it, and it, it, it works in the editor anyway, or as most do, you know, um, I, I think, I think planning for it is probably has to be a bit frustrating on the same token. Um, it's a huge opportunity, right? I mean, if you, you know, you could be the, the first guy at the table that has these, these great solutions, you know, and these beautiful solutions. So it's. I think it's a good shakeup, and I don't. I don't know. Yeah, I just think it needs to be uh, released before 2019 because then we will never get the 2018 theme. Do you do you find yourself using the uh, the default theme very often? Never. I, I keep it there <laughs> uh, just as oh, I broke this, so let me go see if it's my theme, you know, or my code or actual WordPress or whatever. So no, I never use it. I use it on every WordPress site that I install, uh, right up until I install another thing. <laughs> I was I was really excited about your answer there from Mike until it, yeah. I mean, I use it like on. Uh, I, I'm pretty sure it's what we're using on uh, Binary Jazz, and it's the theme I'm using on uh, Ground Control Bot and a bunch of personal sites. Like, I 2017 is great. Change out the header image, you know. Change a few settings, and I've got a decent looking site. I, it's it's obviously clearly WordPress, and I don't really care that folks know that, right? So. Uh, I feel like that solves a lot of problems for me. So. I was going to say you're super dev, you know, so that, you know, you're, you're not that worried as long as it's functional, right? I would be fine with just black and white text and, you know, blue underlined links that be sufficient for me. Yep. I, I agree. I always make the joke that I'm fine with Arial. I don't, I don't need 700 Google fonts to choose from, but that's just me. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you for your time, Gary. I appreciate it. I like your your advice, where you are, stuff like that. I'm glad you're at uh, Tribe because they seem to be like a great company to to work with and great plugins. Awesome. Thank you all for having me. It's been fun. And I'm glad we got to talk about Gutenberg. I haven't talked to anybody about Gutenberg. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you, man. I appreciate it. All right. Bye.